I am honored. Before you're seated, before you're seated, before you're seated. Wow, just this, because I'm seated there, and then right before I came up here, and I had some, and then I had this, and then the, and then, then the, let the lion roar, and then, and then Mike was like, you know, Picasso and Leonardo da Vinci and Michelangelo, and, and then, then, like, I got a dis, I, I got this thing, like, deposit, and just the Spirit of God gave me something, so I'm like coming up here, going at the same time, and here, hmm, it's like, boom, Sirius XM and FM radio at the same time, so it's like, you come, you so here we are. All right, boom. Jason, you have any questions? No, good. Okay, here we go. First of all, I'm honored to be, it's my third year with you. Um, I'm, I'm so honored to be with you. Y'all happen to have the best pastors on the planet. Give it up, please, for Dr. Gary Alanis, Pastor Maribel. I love them. They're, they're just not your normal cup of tea. How about this? I challenge you, if you Google the word normal, they will not show up. <laughs> they are unorthodox, meaning they're out of the box. They, are, they actually believe that the word of God never fails. They actually believe the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. They actually believe that the moment it becomes impossible, it officially belongs to God. <laughs> they believe all of that. And to them, it's not hype, it's not you know, rhetoric, it's not emotional exuberance, they live it out. So I, I just want you to do it one more time. Th these are not, again, in these extraordinary cuckoo for Cocoa Puff times, we have pastors who don't drink the Kool-Aid and who believe hmm, that if we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all things will be added on. One more time, help me honor these amazing kingdom leaders. We honor you. We honor you. And thank you for saying yes. Thank you for saying yes. And I gotta recognize Doug and Lisa. These are, I love them. We, we go way back. Their leadership, the fact that they're in this region, but their leadership impacts this entire nation. Thank you for reconciling the vertical and the horizontal of the cross. We love you and respect you and honor you. Give it up, please. Okay, you may be seated. I'm going to get into this. We're going to we'll get, are there any questions? No questions? Okay. For the, this guy here, I just met him in the airport. And what? So we do in California. <laughs> oh, we're not in California. No, that's Jason Fortick. Jason is my security chief for our campuses in California. But, but uh, his name, full disclosure, I'm half comedian, half preacher. So I have to, sometimes you don't know which one it is. But in all seriousness, uh, his name appears in three different museums in our nation. Right after 9-11, 20 years ago, he went into Afghanistan. He went into Iraq. He led alpha teams. And because of what he did, you and I still have the freedoms. That's a real Captain America right there. An anointed Avenger right there. So we honor his service. And, and my, my commitment is this, this is, he always wears shirts twice the size smaller than what he actually could wear. And I don't think that's right. And no, he loves Jesus. He's full of the Holy Spirit. And this is what you get when you love Jesus. You're full of the Holy Spirit and you use steroids. Okay, quickly, let's go quickly. Creatine. Okay, Barry Bonds. Let's go real quickly, real quick. 
Here's, here's, here's the story. I want to lay this out for you. Let me, get, let me just paint the scenario for you. Oh. Jezebel tweeted. Jezebel tweeted. Put up Jezebel's tweet, media team, if you have it. That's her handle, Jesse. <laughs> hey, Elijah, in 24 hours, you will die. This is 1 Kings 19.2. It really is. Right after Elijah's hashtag best day ever. That's 1 Kings 18. Then she comes around in 1 Kings 19.2 and Jezebel tweets. And let me read it verbatim. Make it legal. May the gods strike me and kill me if in 24 hours by this time tomorrow I have not killed you as you killed my team. 1 Kings 19 too, as you killed them. Another version reads, may the gods strike me dead if in 24 hours you're not dead. Wow. She said, that's your tweet. 24 hours, you're dead. You got to juxtapose that tweet with what Elijah did in 1 Kings 19, 19. So Elijah went and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing a field. Elijah went over to him, threw his mantle across his shoulders and walked away. My assignment today is to present to you this prophetic dichotomy of what takes place in the presence of Jezebel's tweet. I want to talk to you about the mantle on your life versus Jezebel's tweet. At the end of the day, you will understand that the battle is between your mind and your mantle. One more time. The true battle is between your mind and your mantle. So I want to title this Jezebel's tweet, When Heaven Starts and Hell Cannot Stop It. I want you to touch your neighbor, the one you like the most, and tell him, when heaven starts it, Hell cannot stop it. Tell your other neighbor when heaven starts it. Hell cannot stop it. Find somebody you barely tolerate. And tell that person when heaven starts it. Hell cannot stop it. This, this juxtaposition, if you want to know a little backtrack, a little background story here. This was the time we have Elijah versus Ahab, Jezebel, and Baal. Elijah lived in a very precarious time. It was a time of great moral relativism, cultural decadence, spiritual apathy. It was a time. Ahab was the king of Israel. He was a terrible king. He was a mucho malo hombre. And, and, and Jezebel, que el Señor reprenda diabla mala esa bruja. And I'm holding back. Jezebel. Jezebel was, was the wife and she was nasty on steroids. She hated the prophets. She hated the prophetic voices. So we have on this side of the aisle, we have Ahab, we have Jezebel. And then on the other side, we have this man with a mantle, just like we're living in today. I'm here to tell you there is a mantle on your life. Before this service is over, you're going to receive a new anointing for a new season. I'm going to repeat that once again for the hearing impaired. In the next 28 minutes, you're going to, by the, by the 28th, 29th minute, you're going to receive a new anointing for a new season to do a new thing. 
The old things, listen to, we're coming out of a very interesting era, but we're confronting things. The level of spiritual angst and warfare is unprecedented. So we need a new mantle. We need a new anointing. But that mantle that I'm referencing, you're not going to get a new cloak, be it Versace, Louis Vuitton, whatever it may be. And for those that can't afford that, H&M or Walmart or Target. We don't discriminate in this house. We are Barrio and Beverly Hills. So... We're GED and PhD, baby. We're the Prius and the Porsche. No, don't, Prius is too much. Anyway, back to the point. So th this is what you're going to get. The first thing you got to understand, the mantle that's coming upon you, upon me in this very season, it's already falling. It's not your normal cup of tea mantle. It is the mantle of the Spirit. It's a fresh infusion of the anointing. The anointing, 1 John 2, 27. And you receive the anointing, the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you. There is a new anointing descending this very hour. The Spirit of God is empowering an entire generation. Because right now as I speak, there is a spiritual battle, Ephesians 6, 12. The, our current battle is not what you think. It's not between, hmm, controversial. It's not between hmm, the donkey and the elephant. The real battle is between the serpent and the lamb. And how many know that the lamb is also the lion of the tribe of Judah? There is a battle right now, what's happening, what you're reading in the news, what you're going to be reading in the next few days, what's, what's unrailing right now, what's unraveled right now, what took place today as it pertains to decisions. And then I'm going to talk to you about that later prophetically, what God gave me here. But even the next, the protests, the marches, the violence taking place in the next few days and weeks. I mean, listen to me carefully. There's a battle out there. It's not primarily political. There are political, cultural, economic manifestations of a spiritual battle. What am I telling you right now? No joke, no hype. There's a real battle taking on. Matter of fact, it's a battle like we've never seen before. It's a battle. The spirit of Jezebel is alive and well. That spirit is fully committed to persecuting and prosecuting the children of God. Silencing prophetic voices. Jezebel's spirit wants to marginalize the oracles of righteousness and justice. Jezebel likes to construct Asherah poles. For the purpose of intimidating God's children to hide in perpetuity with fear, anxiety, and depression. Revelation 2.20 says, and if you think that's Old Testament, oh really, Revelation 2.20, this one thing I have against you, you're a good church, you do good things, but this one thing I have against you, you have tolerated the spirit of Jezebel. Jezebel's alive and well. The spirit of Ahab is alive and well. That is the spirit. That, that spirit is an administrative, governmental authority spirit that prompts people to sacrifice truth on the altar of expediency. Ah, yeah, you'll get that by tomorrow morning. It is coercion from people that are in power. It's, it's propaganda. But the objective of that spirit, 1 Kings 16, 34, do your biblical due diligence. Ahab was the first king that granted authority for the rebuilding of the walls of Jericho. Y'all don't know what that means. Let me explain it. No other king ever in Israel's history had the audacity to rebuild what God knocked down. All of a sudden, this guy shows up and says, I don't care if God knocked it down. I'm going to rebuild what God knocked down. Ahab is the spirit in America that wants to rebuild. Ahab is the spirit in America trying to resurrect racial discord, trying to separate us by the color of our skin, 
by the party we vote for, by political. That's why the pushback to that, I'm going to say it again and again and again. How do we push back? We push back, and this is controversial, by yelling that there is no such thing as a white church or a black church or a brown church or a yellow church or a red church. There's only one church. It is the church of Jesus Christ. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of Jesus. And I'm going to prophesy the next churches planted in America will be multi-ethnic kingdom culture churches. The day of monochromatic Christianity officially comes to an end. Did you hear that? The day of monochromatic Christianity comes to an end. And then there's just this. Ay, Padre, ayuda en el nombre de Jesús. Then there's the spirit of Baal. Again, do your biblical due diligence via the conduit of historical contextualization. You'll learn quickly that Baal, a false god, a false ideology, People that worship that false god Baal believe that Baal demanded children to be sacrificed. So child sacrifice is the spirit of Baal. Even in the womb and out of the womb. It's violence in here, but violence out there. And, and, and even in the light of what took place today in overturning, but what happened in Ovalde, Texas, that's, that, that's the spirit of Baal. The enemies, have you all noticed how the enemy has doubled down in coming after our kids? Are we, am I the only one? We're talking about not just in violence in the streets, but we're talking about ideologies and social constructs in commercials, in movies, in programming. Why is the devil coming after? If the devil can't kill you, he'll indoctrinate you. If the devil can't kill them here or kill them in the streets, he wants to kill their purpose by giving them ideas and messing up their identity. I don't know if you're getting what well, we, we, this means what we need. Kumbaya Christianity has to come to an end. Comfortable Christianity comes with this idea of coming to church one day a week and getting all hyped up and then letting hell take over Monday through Saturday. We don't, we, we don't need an audience. We need a righteous army to rise up a holy remnant. Not in the spirit of some weird militancy, but in the prophetic anointing to speak the truth of God with the love of God and change the world around us. Is that army in this place here today? Is there anybody here who's willing to look at Baal and say, get your hands off our children? Oh, you're not here. I want one more time. Is there anybody in the Houston, Texas Metroplex who is willing to say, get your hands off our children. Get your hands off our children. As for me and my house, we... Somebody prays like you believe that. Don't let anyone sexualize your children. Don't let anyone groom your children. Do not permit a 35-year-old teacher to tell your six-year-old kid about sex. Do not permit any adult to be instructing your children about sex. I don't care what they call it now. It's still pedophilia. And we bind it and rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ. 
These spirits are out there. They're, they're out there. 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 But, but let me give you a deep seminary endorsed, biblically contextualized, Hebrew, exegetically substantiated phrase. All these years of seminary for this. Don't drink the Kool-Aid, folks. There it is. That was it. Which means what? I don't, I don't give a holy hoot what you read, what you see on, on Fox and MSNBC, CNN. I just did a Univision interview a few minutes ago. Telemundo, what you see on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. I don't care what you read and what you see. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. When I get pushed back even from certain Christian leaders who say, Pastor Sam, stop going around the country telling people that more people are about to be saved and we're going to see an awakening and revival's coming in the whole. Stop saying that because things are going to get darker. Things are getting darker. Things are going to explode even more. The devil's going to win even get more territory. So I just push back on that and go like, I don't know what you're reading. But, but it's real simple because there's, there's an answer to that. Don't drink the Kool-Aid because the most powerful spirit on the planet today is not Jezebel. The most powerful spirit on the planet today is not Ahab. The most powerful spirit is not Baal. Believe it or not, the most, I believe it, I see it, I know it. The most powerful spirit on the planet is still the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. If you have that spirit, shout like you have that spirit. If you have that spirit, praise like you have that spirit. If you have that spirit, worship like you have that spirit. Live like you have that spirit. Preach like you have that spirit. Prophesy like you have that spirit. That spirit is the most powerful spirit. Stop drinking the Kool-Aid, my goodness. You are temple of that spirit. 1 Corinthians 3.16 you are, you are. You're defined by that spirit. Romans 8, 11, you know that. You're empowered by that spirit. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Emancipated with that spirit. 2 Corinthians 17. Driven by that spirit. Galatians 5, 16. Filled with that spirit. Ephesians 5, 18. Anointed with that spirit. 1 John 2, 27. That spirit is the most powerful spirit. and It's the mantle of the spirit. It is the mantle of the spirit. And I, the, the spirit of God is moving I'm telling you this idea that the next generation will not be saved in America. You got to stop. I don't care what the reports say, what the surveys say. I, you got to, I don't care if they go, but the methodology and the variant is, I don't, <laughs> yeah, you got, you forget the X factor. The, the spirit of God is, what, what does that mean? Believe it or not, we are about to see more people saved than ever before in American history. Some of you believe it, some of you don't. The pastors that are here that believe it, you should be making room for the greatest harvest you have ever seen in all of you. Oh, you're not getting that. If I were you, I don't care. 30, I lost 33% during COVID. You're about to multiply in the next year, in the next two years. Look, you're about to see entire families come back home. You're about to see. I'm going to sing it again. Our prodigal sons and daughters will come back home. Somebody prays like you believe that. The Elisha generation will do greater things. The millennials and the generation Z are so anointed. I mean, that generation has an anointing. They're about to do greater things than our generations. What do you think the enemy's after them? 
I heard, lift up your hands. I heard the Holy Spirit with your hands raised right now. I was right there next to, next to pastor. And the Holy Spirit was just speaking to me. And I heard, and I, that's a fresh word, never preached it before, never shared what I'm going to share with you this very moment. I was right there. And I, it was out of the blue. I wasn't thinking about it, so I wasn't contemplating. I wasn't even going, God, give me. No, I was just seated there, and I was, I was just looking at And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit hit me and said, Sam, tell them that today, today, watch the word. It is tangential to what happened in the news, but there's a prophetic element. God told me, tell them I'm about to overturn decisions that were made against them. <laughs> about to overturn by the time you get back home there were declarations made against you and your church and your calling and your health and your children and your marriage and your finances and God says I have the power to overturn everything that has been listed against you if you receive that now give God your best shout of praise if you're ready for God to do it with your children and your children's children, praise like God is overturning it. Worship like God is overturning it. Somebody give God a shout like you know that he is. The supreme judge is overturning things in your favor. Ooh, for you to have life and life abundantly. In all aspects of your life, we, we got to hurry. Gotta, that's a word. That's a word for right now. A right now word. Oh, boy, boy, boy. It's the, the mantle, the mantle, the mantle. Somebody say the mantle. The, the mantle is the mantle of the spirit. It, it is likewise the mantle of, uh, of drought, fire, and rain. It, it's the mantle of drought, fire, and rain. It, that mantle was upon the prophet. This man had best season ever in 1 Kings 17.1. This man comes along with the mantle says, drought, drought takes place. And he comes along and then he says in 1 Kings 18.38 and he prays for fuego and fuego comes down. And 1 Kings 18.41, rain, rain comes down, drought, fire, and rain, chronological order. If you've been through one drought in your life, raise one hand. You've been through a couple of droughts in your life, relationally, spiritually, financially, couldn't find a Starbucks, whatever it may be. <laughs> raise both hands. You've been through so many droughts You've lost count. Be honest. Raise both hands and a foot. If you've been through so many droughts, if I Google the word drought right now, the algorithm automatically takes me to your Instagram account. <laughs> if you've been there, raise both hands and both feet. The thing about drought, fire, and rain, that's the chronological order. Don't forget the God of the process is the God of the outcome. Same God. You can't bypass the process. And people want to jump from drought to rain about going to the fire. The fire season is critical for every believer because the fire season, even as a pastor, as a leader, as a layperson, is the season when God says, I'm going to double down on making sure I purge the stuff. You know about instant, theologically speaking, instantaneous sanctification and progressive. It's when God, Matthew 3, 11, it's God, that beautiful consuming fire. It is God that removes elements from within you, even thoughts and processes, inclinations, habits, generational elements, to some you know, predispositions and inclinations. He deals with all of that. And then he likewise not only removes the stuff inside of you, on many occasions, more than more than one, he will remove people from around you who would have somehow been a stumbling block to the fulfillment of his God-ordained purpose in your life. 
So I'm going to ask, I don't want to be presumptuous. If you've been through the droughts and you've been through your fire season, and by the way, the fire season doesn't make, when you grew up, you go, Lord, you know, God bless Andre Crouch, he was beautiful. Lord, send your fire. Lord, send. The, the fire doesn't make you dance. The fire makes you get on your knees in repentance. The word holiness still matters. It really does. It, it actually, if you want to see the favor of God, live righteously and you will see the favor of God. But if you've been through the drought and you've been through the fire, if I were you, no joke, put a smile on your face. There is so much rain coming your... Somebody shout, here comes the rain. High five your neighbor, tell him, get ready. God's about to pour out his showers of blessing upon your life. If that's for you, praise like it's all yours. Somebody praise like you know the rain is coming. Worship like you know the rain is coming. Rejoice like you know the rain is coming. Little sidebar. Those that prayed with you in the drought deserve to dance with you in the rain. You all know what I'm talking about. Number three, it is the mantle of speaking truth with love. With the mantle, the prophet Elijah, the mantle of the spirit, the symbolism behind it we know is the anointing, divine empowerment for the fulfillment of a prophetic assignment. It is the mantle of drought, fire, and rain. It is the mantle of speaking truth with love. Oh, truth with love. He, he, he confronts, Elijah confronts Ahab and his team, Jezebel's worship team. They were on top of the mount. What an epic story. It's a Netflix series. And you have, you have Elijah. And then you have that moment where Elijah says, you know, the, firmers, the famous 1 Kings 18, 21, which is like one of the saddest verses ever. Like, all right, guys, people of Israel gathered. All right, guys, pick sides. Y'all pick a side. You're going to serve the God of, this guy's God? That, ooh. <laughs> or the God of our fathers. Which one is it? And the Bible says, the people of Israel said nothing. They were politically correct. <laughs> it's not that they chose Baal. No, no, no. They just didn't want to choose sides. Because they didn't want to lose followers. God forbid we lose followers. God forbid that people just DM us and say, Bo, we don't want to. No, we don't want that drama. So we don't choose sides. It's so easy to say nothing. Two years ago, when y'all had a crazy conference in the middle of a global pandemic. Two years ago. When y'all had that conference, I told you that today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. Today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. You are what you tolerate. Truth must never be sacrificed on the altar of political or cultural expediency. So I may not get invited back, but stop telling me there's a white troop and a black troop, a Latino troop and an Asian troop, a Native American. There's only truth, baby. Two plus two is four. It's just truth. This man comes along and he confronts him, the truth. And let me tell you something. If you say, Pastor Sam, what the world needs, what the world needs now. 
is love, sweet love. Anybody over 40 singing, everybody over 30 going, what is he doing? Love, 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 love. Love is a beautiful term. This, again, might get people a little bit irritated. That's not my purpose. If all you do as a pastor, teacher, leader, and Christian, if all you do is talk about love, God bless you. Oh, bless your heart. But if all you do is talk about love, you're just a California hippie. Pastor Sam, we say, how about the other side? If all you do is speak truth, you're a mathematician. The moment you speak truth and love, truth with love, truth in love, you literally change the world around you with the gospel of Jesus. We, we need to speak truth. Truth about what? We need to tell the whole world that only God can make a way where there is no way. I'm going to say that one more time. Only God can make a way where there is no way. That's Isaiah 43, 19. Only God can make something out of nothing. Genesis 1, 1. Only God can restore the damage like it never happened. Luke chapter 22. That Jesus is the only way. John 14, 6. Let me, you have my book here? Let me show you something real quick. Let me illustrate this. This is the book. I wrote this book. Uh, like the other book I wrote, I wrote, I had a lot of time during COVID, so I wrote two books. <laughs> so actually three. And this is the second book I wrote called Persevere with Power. Um, when, I wrote, when I wrote this book, God really blessed it. He did, God ordained stuff, not me. I mean, it can't be me. I'm, I'm a crazy comedian. So it, he, he blessed it. Good Morning America had me on. Some of y'all saw it. Right before Christmas, GMA brought me into New York. I've been on GMA. They're beautiful people. I've been there before. And, and before they have me speaking about culture, society, politics, trends, this time they called me up and said, Pastor Sam, we want you on GMA. I went, all right, okay, let's do it. And they went, but this time, we just want you to give us a word. So I gave them a word, Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> no, they wanted a spiritual word. So we went there, we're in New York, and, and God bless him, beautiful team. And so God blew up the book and, and, and made it into a bestseller and all that. So he, Jason, help me out here for a second. This is the book called Pierce. Here's a chapter called Going from Gilgal. When God anoints you as his beloved child, the pain of your past can never compare to the prize of your future. Wow. Goes that. Let me get this one here. Let me see something here, Jason, something here. Mantles of miracles. I can see clearly now the rain is going. The limitations of loss. There goes that. One more, one more, one more. Ah, push your plow, meet your mantle. That's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. This book is discounted tonight. <laughs> I will be at the book table with discounted book. So, so I don't leave that there, Jason. Leave that there. Leave that there for, for purposes of, I want people to visualize. This is my book. These are pages. My ripping the pages from the book, and God blessed it. I, it was inspired. The Lord really just led me. To, it's biblically substantiated, committed to biblical orthodoxy. It's Christ-centered. It passes all the little check marks. But me ripping off pages from my book will do very little to nothing as it pertains to serving as a deterrent or a firewall to the agenda of Jezebel, Ahab, or Baal. To be honest with you, it's a book. It's beautiful. I need a Bible. 
like an old school Bible. An old school Bible. You know, by an old school, I mean a real, like the, the El Libro. Too late. <laughs> Remove that book. Is this, your, is this your Bible? Oh, great. How long have you had it? A few years? Really? Nice. Nice cover. All right. So I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to do the same thing with the Bible. I'm just going to go through here and start ripping off some pages. So don't worry, my church will compensate you. We're good. <laughs> so I'm just going to go. Because there are chapters that we don't even preach because they're too controversial. And we're going to ignore them. Might as well just rip them off, right? So, I mean, we barely touch anything in the Bible that has to do with human sexuality because it's politically incorrect. Even if we do it with love, even if we don't mention the other side. For example, I live in California. I live in the most liberal state in America. I don't come against any group, but I'm going to tell you how I preach in a very nuanced, whimsical, anointed, yet truth-telling way. I get up every Sunday and I go like this. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. So let me just rip some stuff off here. Romans chapter 1, we ignore that one. Might as well rip that one off. Oh, that's what I need. I need you guys. Let me get to Romans chapter 1. When I count to three, y'all shout so I can rip this off, okay? Are you ready? I'm sorry? Anybody opposed to me ripping this? Anybody opposed to me ripping pages from the Bible? Yes. Then why do we live like some of the pages are missing? I said, why do we live like some of the pages are missing? Why do we give like some of the pages are missing? Why do we preach like some of the pages are missing? Why do we raise our children like some of the pages are missing? Why do we praise like some of the pages are missing? Why do we worship? Why do we worship like some of the pages are missing? If we are to defeat Ahab, Jezebel, and Baal, we got to preach the whole word and every word. So help us, God. If you believe it, shout unto God. Lift up your hands. If you're fully committed to preaching the full gospel, lift up your hands. If you know that the world is broken and we have to stop acting, living, breathing, giving, loving, like some of the pages are missing. Why? 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 It's not a matter of convenience. It's a matter of conviction. Why do we live? I, why do we live like some of the pages are missing? Lift up your hands. Musicians, come up here. Unless you're union workers, come up here. <laughs> I'm preaching to myself. I'm, the, the Holy Spirit hit me with this. He told me this. This is God's revelation to me. He said, Sam, I've given, you, I've given you an audience, but they can't be an audience in perpetuity. They need to be a righteous army. 
people travel from Bakersfield to go to a church in Sacramento four and a half hours on Sunday. God gave us, an, during COVID, we had hashtag best years ever. The church blew up. I mean, we had the biggest everything, you name it. And the Holy Spirit told me, you happy? And I went, and I went like, yeah. He went like, well, don't really be happy right now because you're still an audience. They haven't been fully discipled. Getting a message on a Sunday is one thing. We got to equip them to change the world Monday through Saturday. Don't live life like some of the pages are missing. Don't preach. Don't teach. Don't mentor. Like every word counts. Every narrative in Scripture has a purpose. Stand with you are standing. The whole truth. And nothing so help you. Truth with love, Psalm 89, 14, righteousness and justice are the foundation of God's throne. Truth and love lead the way as attendants. That's how we change the world. Jezebel tweeted. Go back to Jezebel's tweet. Go back to the first tweet. First tweet. There it is. In 24 hours, you will die. Watch this. Elijah had his best, you stand with me, Elijah had his best day ever. Best season ever. Best three and a half years ever. Elijah, I pray for drought. Boom, God says, you got it. Fire! Poof, Texas barbecue. Rain! Hey, buddy, you keep on looking, keep on looking, keep on looking. Guy comes up, you know, the story, servant, well, seventh time, run, Ahab gets, by the way, God's going to, pastors, you're here, God's going to surround you with people like Elijah's servant that they will continue to look for what God placed in your heart and they'll never grow tired of looking. <laughs> that when they come back with confirmation, you won't need to validate it. Elijah never said, oh, you saw the cloud? Let me see it. No. Elijah literally began to give Ahab instructions and started running based on what his servant saw. Imagine you being surrounded with the kind of people that you trust them so much that the moment they tell you, I saw it, you start running. Okay. So, you know the story. So he prayed and fuego rain. And then all of a sudden, the tweet, Jezebel's tweet, you would assume for a moment, if you follow a logical continuum, that Elijah would say, whatever. Are you kidding me? I pray for drought. I pray for fire. I pray for, I'm batting three for three. Like, her tweet's going to scare me. I pray. God answers. All I got to do now is do what? Yeah. Right? You would assume, right? It's logical. Batting three for three. I open up my mouth. Hashtag right. That's not what happened. You know what happened? He literally freaked out. Read it. First Kings 19. He leaves the ministry. <gasps> he ends up under a solitary broom tree. God feeds him. I love God. Instead of condemning him, instead of saying, you miserable loser. 
after all I've done for you and show up for you on every occasion, look at you, you bug. What does God do? Uh, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to rest and eat, rest and eat, rest and eat, rest and eat. What a prescription. He still is in a depressive state. He ends up on the side of a mountain, on the cliffside. You know what happens? Read your Bible. God shows up and says, Elijah, what are you doing here? By the way, folks, the moment God asks you what you're doing there, you're probably lost. <laughs> you're probably in the wrong place in your life. <laughs> what are you doing here? Why? Let me digress. Because the battle is between your mind and your mantle. The real battle is between the thoughts that run through your head and the calling of God upon your life. The real battle is between your memories and your imagination. Between your memories and your imagination. If you're stuck in the past, you're holding your future hostage. The real battle is between anxiety and anointing. It's between drama and destiny. It's between fear and faith. That's the battle. But how many here know? Not how many think, not many, how many feel, how many hope, or how many aspire. How many know that the battle has already been won? Oh no, I'm gonna ask. How many know that the battle has already been won? If you know that the battle not will be won, the battle has been won. I want you to praise like you know it's been won and worship like you know it's been won. 1 Corinthians 15, I sense the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Christ is my victory, therefore I will not be moved. Colossians 2, 15. He took every principality, every power of darkness, defeating them all, making a spectacle out of them on the cross. We live in the finished work of Christ. That battle has been won. Renew your mind daily. Take every thought. Look up here, look up here. This is your battlefield. The battle. So, 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 so. 24 hours passed, and Elijah, the man of the mantle, did not die. A week passed, so she prophesied. Right? Because it sounds like a prophecy. She's 24 hours, even a, t a time stamp, boom, and it didn't happen. A week passed, Elijah did not die. What if I tell you a month passed, Elijah did not die? What if I tell you a year passed? What if I tell you 10 years passed? Okay, what if I tell you 100 years passed? Elijah did not die. What if I tell you a thousand years passed? What? What you talking about, Willis? A thousand years passed, Elijah. What if I tell you it's been approximately 2,800 years since Jezebel tweeted? And guess who has yet to die? The Bible says in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 11, that Elijah and Elisha were walking together when all of a sudden a chariot of fire came down. A whirlwind took Elijah up and the Bible says he never, ever, 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 ever died. Do you have a phone? The next time we find Elijah, you want to know where next time we find him? You want to know where? Matthew 17, 2. You know what? Next time we find Elijah, he's taking a selfie with Jesus. 
on the Mount of Transfiguration. I don't know if you're getting this. Can you imagine Elijah going like, hey, Jezebel, take a look at me now. Hey, Jezebel, I'm not where I used to be because I'm not who I used to be. What does that mean for you, for me? It doesn't matter what hell has declared upon you. It doesn't matter what hell has declared upon your family, your church, your ministry, your calling, your finances, your health, your generation, your nation. The opposite will take place. It means this. It means that when heaven starts it, hell cannot stop it. Lift up your hands. Everything the enemy has declared upon you, when you are in Christ and Christ is in you, John 15, 7, when you live in the vicarious, atoning, finished work of Christ, when you are cognizant of the fact that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, 1 John 4, 4, that if God be for you, what or who can be against you, Romans 8, 31, when you know that you know that you know Ah, that no weapon formed against you, against your family, against your children, against your children's children, against your children's 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 children shall prosper. Oh, I sense the Lord. The opposite will take place. If you believe that, lift up your hands, repeat after me. Everything, not some of the things, but everything the enemy has declared against me, the opposite will take place. Do you have any idea what you just said? Instead of your family being lost, your family will be a multi-generational breeding ground of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, doctors, lawyers, directors, producers, governors, entrepreneurs, business people, full of the glory of God. The opposite will take place. If you believe it, raise your hand. The opposite will take place. The opposite will take place. The opposite will take place. Recently, there's somebody here, Jezebel tweeted, you know what that means. The enemy issued a decree against you. You felt that there was spiritual warfare pushback in your life. You sensed the pushback. I'm here to tell you, let not your heart be troubled. Oh, the opposite will take place. The opposite will take place. The opposite will take place. If you believe that, lift up your hands a little bit higher. And just repeat after me, the opposite will take place. Say it like you believe it. Say the opposite will take place. How many here actually believe Hebrews 10, 23? Rest assured that God is faithful to keep all of his promises. How many believe that? How many believe 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3? That God is faithful to guard you from all evil and nothing will harm you. How many believe that? The opposite will take place. The opposite will take place. Pastor Sam, but what about the gas prices? What about inflation? What about the upcoming recession? 
What about the economic melees and the things that certain segments of our community have been declaring and that things are coming and food shortages and this and that? What about that? What about it? Well, seriously, what about it? I'm gonna tell, what about it? Because I walk around with Psalm 37, verse 25. I walk with that. I just walk around with that. Somebody tell me, Sam, what do you think about all the lights turning off and you live in California? There's earthquakes and disasters coming because the judgment of God is coming upon that wicked state. And oh my gosh, you should get a, a two generators and make sure you stack up on people. And, and this is my answer. I'm going to give you my answer. My answer is Psalm 37, verse 25. What is that? Well, it's a little, it sounds a little bit like this. I was young. But now I'm old. This one thing I know for certain. I have never seen the righteous. I have never seen God's children forsaken, nor their children having to beg for bread. Somebody shout like you know it. Lift up your hands. The opposite will take place. The opposite will take place. Your church is about to explode like never before. No joke, no hype, no wishful thinking, no spaghetti on the prophetic wall. The opposite will take place. The opposite will take place. Because he is faithful to finish what he has started. Philippians 1, 6. With your hands raised. How do you know? How do I know? Because when your integrity is more important than your influence, nothing can stop you. When you are driven by anointing rather than ambition, nothing can stop you. Ah, when your hunger for righteousness it's greater than your fear of criticism. Nothing can stop you. And when your praise is louder than your pain. I said when your praise speaks louder than your pain. Come on 633. When your praise speaks louder than your pain. When your praise speaks louder than your pain. Nothing can stop you. Somebody worship in this place. All right, lift up your hands. Here's what we're going to do. Come here. We're going to do something. This is going to be, I need you each to grab a handle of the plow. We, we haven't talked about this, but can, can I get your help here for a second? We go back enough that I have that confidence. We go back, Doug used to push me around in a stroller. And here we are, totally kidding. I was already a toddler. Dr. Doug, I'm going to need your help here. Here's what we're going to do. Y'all hold on to that. Uh, you, you are going to help Jason out. When I say now, you're going to put a mantle, a new anointing upon them. 
for a new season, for a new thing, for a greater thing. The level of authority, the level of spiritual authority to literally speak into atmospheres and shift an atmosphere of a region towards righteousness and justice, truth and love. The anointing of reconciliation and unity to bring people together. The multi-generational, multi-ethnic kingdom culture DNA to be multiplied exponentially across the nation and around the world. Your spiritual sons and daughters will plant 633 churches around the world. They will advance the kingdom of heaven here on earth in such a way. So this DNA does not stay here. It will be multiplied exponentially. Your Elishas will do greater things than what you have seen thus far. But there are Elishas that will not be activated until you place your mantle upon them. Remember this moment. There are spiritual sons and daughters there are orphans, and this is going to sound awkward, that grew up in religious, restrictive paradigms. They never had spiritual moms and dads. And you're going to see a bunch of just whoop and say, we need spiritual moms and dads. So when I say now, you're going to place it upon them. Well, here's what I want you to do. Any Elijah was pushing the plow. Elijah comes over, places the mantle. You know the story. If you're here, if you've never pushed a plow, don't expect to carry the mantle. The mantle of promotion is for those who have pushed a plow of perseverance. So if you know what it is to push life's proverbial plow, ministry's plow, plow in your marriage and your family within your own life. If you've done it on good days and bad days, just like Elisha, on rainy days and sunny days, if you know what it is to push life's plow, again, if you've never pushed a plow, don't expect the mantle. But if you know what it is to grind, if you know what it is to push that plow, if, and if you've lived moments where sometimes you push the plow and sometimes a plow pushed you, then, here's the word of the Lord. I'm gonna do it right now. When I count, when I say now, this is the day you let go of your plow. For every, here it is. You, just like Elisha, how many people have ever said, Elisha, the plow pusher? Everyone talks about Elisha as the guy who inherited what? You will not be known by what you've been pushing. You will be known by what you carry from heaven upon your life. All right, plow pushers. When I count the three, if you're ready to let go of your plow, by the way, that plow could be old successes old paradigms, old way of doing things. There's a season in your life to push the plow and another to carry the mantle. Let me make it legal. Galatians 6, 9. Do not grow weary of doing what is right. At the appropriate time, you will reap a harvest of blessings with the caveat if you do not give up. So if you're ready to let go of your plow, the plow here, your plow here, your plow here. I want you to run out of your seat. Come up here. Pick up your mantle. Ready? One, two, three. Now let go of your plow. Come up. Go! Yeah, yeah, yeah! Yeah, yeah, yeah! Hey! Yeah, yeah, yeah! Yeah, 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 yeah! Hey! Ready! 
Okay. All right, here we go. Ready? Here we go. Watch this. When I say now, when I say now, even if you have, I know you're in the aisles, make room somehow. If just make room, make room. When I say one, one, I want you to go like this. Grab a hold of your plow. And some of y'all have to tell your neighbor, move over. My plow's pretty big. When I say two, I want you to go like this. But smile. Like something amazing is coming your way. Something amazing is coming your way. I hear the Lord say, Isaiah 54, verse 2, enlarge, make room, stretch, extend those cords, put those pegs out there, make room for what's coming. Oh, it's amazing. When I say one, you go like this. When I say two, you smile. And when I say three, watch this, I want you to go like this. Let go of the plow. Take one step. You're coming under the mantle. Give God the most brilliant, unhindered, uncensored expression of praise you've given Him in the past two and a half years. You're never going to go back to your plow. This is a season of ingenuity, creativity, and innovation. Your mind is being transformed as we speak. The Holy Spirit is downloading ideas that are so fresh. I'm going to prophesy now. Some of you are going to get dreams with complete ideas. You will wake up and write them down. You will immediately reach your iPhone and your Android three feet, two feet, one feet, six inches away from you. You're going to pick it up. You're going to go to the note section. You're going to say, God showed me this, showed me this, showed me this. You're going to implement those ideas. God's going to give you the resources and the people to make that dream a reality this season. This is a word for someone in this house. All right. All right. You know the count. When I say three, that's when you drop the mantle on them. Everything changes today. Every Ahab, Jezebel, and Baal will fall defeated forevermore. Final point. When Elijah, Elisha, you know the story, he got the mantle for a moment, then Elijah took it back. Elisha had to follow Elijah to Gilgal, to Bethel, to Jericho, and Jordan. That's another message for the other year. And then they were together and boom. The Bible never says that Elisha inherited Elijah's fear, depression, or anxiety. Ah. Uh -uh. He just inherited the mantle. I'm prophesying now. Let me say it again. I'm going to repeat it every single time I'm here. Your children will not inherit your sins. I'm going to repeat that. Till the devil gets a migraine and picks up a bottle of Xanax. Your children will not inherit your sins. Your children will not inherit your failures. Your children will not inherit your mistakes. Your children and your children's children, they will inherit your mantle. They will inherit your blessings. Are you ready? Worship team, are you ready? You sure? Re you ready? Can I get you anything? Are you good? You're good? Okay. One. All the plow pushers. Some of you have been pushing for years. Woo! Pushing the plow, breaking ground, and sowing seed for years. 
asking God, what is in my season? What is in my season? What is in my season? All of a sudden, you come to this conference and says, God says, tag, you're it. Here it is. Ready? One, 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 two. Put a smile on your face. Your smile should be directly proportional to what's coming your way. Oh, I sense the Lord. It's a breakthrough anointing. Are you ready for this? Here we go. One, two, one, two, three, now. Somebody praise like you got your man. Somebody worship like you got your mantle. Rejoice like you have it. Praise like you have it. And a thousand generations. Say it. Say it. And your family and your children and their children and their children and their friends go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. He's with you, He's with you in the morning, in the evening, and you're coming and you're going. And you're weeping and rejoicing. He is for you. 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 Bishop here a second. All the lead pastors, come up real quick, real quick. Lead pastors, real quick. Lead pastors only, come up real quick. 
Everybody else, you're getting this, you're getting the anointing, you're getting the man, you already have your mantle. Listen, just, just. Everybody here, everybody here, listen carefully. I sense the Lord. This is for somebody here right now. You, you'll know who it is. You know who you are. You know who you are. Your trauma just became your testimony. I just hear the word of the Lord here. Some of you all received from the previous generation mistakes instead of mantles. They transferred over parental pain. Pain that was never dealt with. And if you don't confront it in your generation, you will pass it on to the next. So we must. Can't ignore it. We submit it before the vicarious atoning finished work of Christ. We confront it. We call it out by name. We let God just exercise the beautiful reality of 1 Peter 2.24 and Isaiah 53 verse 5, the perfect healing virtue of Christ. Isaiah 58 verse 8 says this, your wounds will quickly heal. By your stripes, by his stripes, we are healed. Not we will be. All the pastors here. Pastors, lift up your hands. All lead pastors. This mantle of promotion carries the responsibility of you equipping the next generation. Take them to Gilgal. Show them the altars of your forefathers. Oh, I sense God. Which means what? Dear pastors, this is going to sound a little bit old schoolish. It's not intended to contextualize some sort of old school paradigm. Bring the church back to the altar. Bring them to Gilgal, baby. People coming out of their seats publicly, embracing the power and the presence and the promises of God. That's not old school. That's the word of God. Take them to Bethel. Show them that ladders show up in the hard place. Show them the power of Bethel. Take them to Jericho. Show them the ruins. Let me prophesy and declare upon every pastor here. Your children will walk upon the ruins of what you've brought down in your generation in the name of Jesus. Yo, I'm going to say that one more time. Your children will walk upon the ruins of what comes down in your generation. Oh, I sense God right now. Take them to the Jordan. Sometimes you got to take your mantle. You got to take it, take that mantle and smack the Jordan with your mantle. Huh? And God will make a way. God is making a way as I speak right now. Right now as I speak. Well, there was no way. Um, oh, God is enlarging your territory as I speak. Just multiplying the territory, multiplying it in such a way. Oh, 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 oh. The head and not the tail. 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 
Favor upon favor, grace upon grace. I just hear, I hear the Lord just saying, I'm going to multiply in the next six months your influence like never before. I'm enlarging the territory of, oh, of influence like never before, like never before, like never before. God is shining and smiling upon you smiling and shining upon you I just hear this I hear some people are gonna say but how in the world and you're gonna smile and you're gonna say look what the Lord has done look what the Lord has done signs and wonders healings and miracles like you have never seen before signs and wonders healings and miracles like you have never ever ever seen before the spirit of the risen Christ Woo! overtake I hear the word overtake 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 and overrun overtake and overrun overtake and overrun overtake and overrun Overtaken, overrun, overtaken, overrun, and all these business people coming your way, coming your way, coming your way, coming your way, ministry and marketplace, the convergence coming your way, coming your way, coming your way, keys and deeds, keys and deeds, keys and deeds. Lift up your hands. I'm going to give it over to Pastor here. Lift up your hands. Let me conclude here. Go, Elijah. Go. Go with the mantle. And those contaminated waters of Jericho will be restored by the authority of heaven. And you will speak to the Shunammite women. You will speak to the Shunammites of your generation. And you will prophesy and say, by this time next year, and it shall come to pass. 